Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another stupendous episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Deadstream One Word. Remember that when you're searching for mm-hmm. one word. Joining me tonight, first up from Manhattan, New York City, please welcome Mr. John Schnorris to the show. Hello, Eric. The man who last week told me, oh, there's, no, there's other Schnorrises. I met some in New York. They're my cousins. <laughs> no, they're, they're like distant cousins. I, I, it doesn't make a difference. They're still related them. to you. There's no one else I, in the I've world never... named Schnars. There's one family tree of Schnorrises. They go all the way back to the motherland. And that's it. It's possible. Next up on the show from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. And last up tonight from the West Coast, I think the Bay Area, I believe. Please welcome Matilda back to the show. Hey there. Matilda's joining us hot off of a knitting retreat. So it's pretty exciting. That's right, because I'm young and fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Where did you retreat to? Like, is it like a, you're like looking at scenery and knitting? Is that like. Yeah. So we're up in, I mean, I live in the Bay area, so woolens are not necessary really. So I have to go somewhere (laughs) colder to feel like I'm doing something. So um, it's up in the San Juan islands off of Washington state, like almost Mm. Canada, but really beautiful this time of year. I could go for a knitting retreat right now. <laughs> I'm like any kind of retreat, really. Mm-hmm. It sounds relaxing as all get out. Yeah, it was great. We had a yarn guest who like lectured us about sheep one night. It was a great. yarn guest. <laughs> <laughs> Class, wow. tonight, this evening, we have a speaker on yarn coming through. Should be a rousing good time. Matilda, I like. I mean, we were talking pre-show, and Eric gives me a hard time about my my country house. Um, our neighbor <laughs> is a barn, and they have Wait, several sheep. Your neighbor and, is a barn. Well, it, it's like <laughs> it's called the White Barn. Like it actually has like a name on the side of the barn. It says oh, barn. They have so a self-serve yarn store called the Yarn Shack, where you go. It's open all the time. It's just like literally it's like one of these like sheds that you would buy and put in your backyard. They like niced it up a little bit and it's just like their handmade yarn that you go and there's like, here are my PayPal and Venmo. For some reason, when you said, when you said self-serve yarn, I I picture you just walk in and you're shearing and like doing it yourself. (laughs) I mean, maybe they do (laughs) the shearing at some point. Like we've, you know, we haven't been there for a full year, like a cycle of, of sheep. But um, my my daughters, like I have a four and a six year old and the six year old is like desperate to learn how to knit because she just wants to go to the yarn check, get yarn and knit. And I was sort of like, I'm like, you're happy Dude, for you to learn anything that keeps a yeah. six year old occupied. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It brought so. to mind to me uh, the cold open of Letterkenny, which probably none of you are familiar with, but they're always open the show with the guys working at the yarn shack the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good yarn shack. No one works there though at this one. Yeah. All right. I know the honor system yarn store is dangerous. I feel like that could. Yeah. Nah, you, you, you would you, run wild. What, what is a, be a heist? Yeah. What is a knitter called? Like what's a hardcore knitting for? There must be some kind of nickname, right? I don't know. I mean, just knitters. <laughs> Yarn jockey. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Got to be some cutesy nickname. All right, let's move on here. Let us take a quick break and review a dead stream. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. 
Breaking news, John. Um, someone not on the show just texted me a link to the um, White Barn Farm sheep and wool store. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking is pretty it fancy, John. This is where you live out here in this uh, countryside. It, I mean, it, I, I mean, it could be the one. I don't well, know. No, to they live there, to live there, I guess you'd actually have to live there. This is where you vacay. It's it's where we weekend most of the time. Uh, he pays the property taxes. He can count it. Mm-hmm. I like stand out on the back in the backyard and like look at the sheep while I drink my morning coffee. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Sometimes on the weekend uh, I watch TV in the living room. That's how I get away <laughs> and relax, you know. Uh I have another question for you this evening, John. Have you ever like genuinely sat and watched Twitch before? Yes but not for a long amount of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you say that long amount of time in one sitting, you mean? Honestly, the most amount of video game streaming slash playing I've watched, I think is you playing. <laughs> like you were doing um, different I did like, a, streaming watches. Yeah, I did a couple of like any old NES games on our YouTube channel. That's, that stuff's still up there. It's ancient at this point. But yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, there was like a bunch of horror ones. Um. Yeah, you even played. There was like a game that I still I was thinking about. Uh, Monster Party. It's maybe? like Hollywood or not? No, it was like Miami something. Like you, you're like a person with a gun. You're just like killing a bunch of people. Interesting. Is that the one I, where the oh no 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 in the animal mask? Yeah, I yeah, was. Stre- I that you know what I streamed? Um, a couple times was Party Hard, which is a modern PC uh-huh. game where you play. This is Matilda. You'll love this. You play a person who is being kept up. It's like a 2D, like top down kind of like pixel game. And you're a person who can't sleep because your neighbors are throwing a party. And so you, and you look like your little pixel guy looks like Michael Myers. And your job is to go to the house and like kill, kill everyone. But you got to do it without anybody else noticing. And so you're trying to like set traps. And like, if you catch someone in a room by themselves, you can kill them and hide the body. Um, but you got to do it without getting like arrested by the cops. It's pretty amazing. So your, your motivating factor is like people are breaking the social contract yes. and you're pissed. Yeah. To murder people I that are it. keeping you awake. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I have a thousand percent had fan, like laid in bed awake because of a party and had fantasies about just about blowing people away. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I just genuinely interested John. Cause this movie is very twitch like like this platform that this guy is on is very twitch like so i wondered i also was feeling for casey who infamously i I know it's different now but infamously (laughs) sat down for unfriended and 10 minutes in looked over to his wife and was like is this whole movie on skype like what and like lost his mind and was angry the rest of the movie i did have a slight twitch at the beginning of this movie because there's a moment where it like settles into the like a twitchy interface and i'm like oh here we go here we go All right, John, please bring us the word of the day. We're taking a little little detour on my formal word of the day rules. Uh, Today's word, stream sniping. It's not a word, it's two words. It's more of a concept. Uh, I was texting Eric and Casey before the show for like, what's like some jargon related to to streaming? Because, you know, as we've just documented, I don't know the jargon. Um, I thought this was a good one. 
So here I'm going to be quoting from an article on howtogeek.com, noted website. Uh, What is stream sniping? (laughs) From September 12th, 2021. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, Stream sniping has become a real problem. So what exactly does it entail and what can be done about it? This is an actual article, and I'll just stop with this definition. What is stream sniping? Stream sniping is the act of using someone's live stream against them. For example, in a competitive multiplayer game, knowing where an opponent is can allow you to sneak up on or flank them simply by watching their stream to work out exactly where they are. Mm -hmm. Stream sniping. I mean, I'm familiar with sniping. Like, I played Goldeneye a lot. Yeah, sniping is a term of art in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. It like totally makes sense. So if you're uh, watching, if you're watching a big, if you're watching a big streamer that plays like a shooter or something, they will oftentimes like hide their screen on Twitch while they're queuing up so that to try to like fake so that people can't queue because literally people do will be watch. And when they see the person hit like play, because when you hit play in those games, what it's doing is then pinging to see who's yeah, there to play like with if you hit own. at the same time and you're in a similar arena like area of the country like you're liable to get on the same ad like it's possible yeah. um and then you know like lots of kitties it's like they they will do and try to kill the streamer and record it and then upload it to youtube and be like i killed blah 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 you know what i mean it's pretty wild out there Matilda, you ever wonder what you're missing out on <laughs> when you're not watching these streams? <laughs> I was I've like, I only watch them for like friends who DJ for yeah. like Zoom parties. So, like yeah, these. so I I watched an enormous amount of Twitch between like 2018 and 2020. Um, I guess I still watched some in 2020, but it got less. Uh, I used to watch a lot of Fortnite. I used to watch. Um, no, it's just a, like the uh, one cool thing in the pandemic to what Matilda's saying is. You started seeing more streams, I'm saying like this movie, like what they call IRL streams, not like a found footage haunted movie. But people like like artists will live stream drawing, people live stream like doing crafting stuff, people like I I follow a couple bands on Twitch that will just perform live once a week, um, which is kind of a cool thing. A lot lot of bands turn to it when, you know, they just couldn't go out and perform anymore because of COVID. Isn't the, like, corollary, like, I don't know this world at all, but, like, isn't the corollary for this guy, like, Mr. Beast or whatever he's called, like, or... Yeah, so he's he's a thousand percent a YouTuber personality. The reason why I bring Twitch into it is because, like, the interface that he's using is very Twitch. Yeah. Mm. They um, called it LiveVid or something. LiveVid, like yeah. Yeah. Well, but, he was thrown off, notably all the other streams. Right, yes. right. But yeah, personality-wise, this this dude gives mega like early YouTuber vibes. Yeah. What? Well, uh, what's the the Paul brother? Like the one who's like a boxer? Yeah. Now? What's yeah? yeah. Not dissimilar. <laughs> um. Yeah. Tell me about Deadstream, John. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't know much about this movie. Casey, I think, flagged this for us a couple weeks back. It's it's a Shutter joint right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's a Shutter. Uh, it does say Shutter Original, so yeah, um, Shutter Original, um, directed by Joseph Winter and Vanessa Winter, presumably a couple, maybe brother and sister. Oh, uh, they are a couple. Okay, <laughs> Joseph also the main character. Uh, which you know makes sense now in retrospect. I didn't, I didn't know that going in. Um, and yeah, as Eric sort of teed up, he so 
Joseph Winter plays uh, Sean Ruddy. Uh, what's the God? What's the name of Sean's channel now? I'm like embarrassed. I can't remember. The Wrath of Sean. The Wrath of Sean. <laughs> so he is like well known or or some, somewhat successful streamer. He does like he's like a um, a a dare streamer like he like films himself like doing dumb shit you know or or debunking thing like just whatever he's that kind of like we referenced a couple of people the Pauls, like the mr beast whatever um there's i'm sure there are literally hundreds or thousands better examples than what i'm giving you but um the movie starts with him sort of it gives you a little bit of backstory it's sort of him doing this there's like a intro to the mainstream that he's going to do but it's like a video of him apologizing or going through this whole apology thing for something that it's never exactly explained exactly what happened but he was kicked off all the platforms he was sort of deplatformed his sponsors all abandoned him he was living in his car so this is in part the film is set around his comeback um he sort of like made the comeback and now he's going to do this thing so there's big stunt that he's doing he's going to go spend the night in a haunted house. It's like a known haunted house, but he also doesn't exactly tell everyone where it is because he doesn't want to be sort of stream sniped, which does come into play a little bit. Um, he goes, he, so the film, it's a first person film. It is shown through the perspective of someone watching this stream and he shows up, parks his car, he removes the spark plugs because he's being clever and like wants to sort of uh, he's pot committed. He's not he's not going to be able to leave. He throws those into the woods. He then goes into this house, locks the door, throws that key down a like vent, whatever. Um, and he goes around the house and he's sort of setting up different cameras. And to care Eric's point, this is establishing all of the different camera angles that we're going to get to experience through the found footage um, and through this stream. But uh, you know, in doing that, he's also sort of giving us the backstory around the house. From there, it's sort of just like haunted house silliness um, and craziness. And like we can kind of unravel the plot to the extent that matters. But I don't, I don't know that it 100% does. I should say like it's a comedy. It's sort of a that wasn't 100% clear out of the gate, although it's it, it's a whole I mean, it's pretty horror, but yeah, it's definitely horror comedy. No, no, well, he's so ridiculous mm -hmm. that you have to laugh at him sort of initially. Yeah. And we can talk about the sort of impact of the main character on sort of how you enter this film. But um, it's not like out and out comedy. It the it does go there though, right? Like it there's some I mean, we'll talk about it, but it, it kind of gets to that point. So yeah. There you go. All right. Well, Matilda. Welcome back. What'd you think? Thanks. Um, I was excited to watch this one when I watched it a couple months ago. This was the second watch for me, but uh, Rachel, my fellow zombie girl, saw this at South by Southwest. Like, was that March? And has was like, this is better than it has any right to be, really. Like, this one's really fun. Um, and it was true. And it held up on a second watch. Um, one of my favorite horror experiences is that you know how other languages sometimes have a word for a combination emotion? I want a word for like when you're both recoiling and laughing at the same time. And this has a lot of that. Mm -hmm. um, this has a lot of gross out. Like there's something about the live stream um, super close up that works really well here with the practical effects. Um, it has good throwback 80s practical effects. Um, and 
I think the use of the technology is actually pretty great in this one. So I had a great time. Is the rig, can I just ask a question to this point? Cause I, I agree. Is the rig that he's using like a thing that people use? Like, is that like a known, he has this like setup where he's wearing like a That's backpack. A question. It has like a hook over his arm. So he is like, there's like a, I mean, it felt, it. it felt realistic enough. It's not necessarily a thing I'm familiar with, but there are remote, you know, like satellite kind of setups like that. Yeah, well, they used I to mean, use those setups in, uh, there was an MTV show where they would send people into like a haunted factory or something like that. They all had rigs like that too. Well, I'm talking about the one that he's wearing. So he has like the direct address camera that, that, okay. Yeah. Not the like setting cameras up in the walls, like whatever that yeah. tracks for me. I wasn't surprised, but okay. <laughs> Casey. Yeah. Especially when he moves those cameras at the end, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I ended up enjoying this movie a lot. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I didn't know much about it going in, but I'd heard a lot of people uh, compare this to Evil Dead and talk and like refer to it as a first person Evil Dead. And having watched this twice now, I really see where they're coming from. There is something about the way this is shot that really gives it a strong feel of Evil Dead. It's kind of frenetic, uh, especially those first person shots and stuff, which were always big in the Evil Dead, like when you'd see the spirit coming through the woods and stuff like that it just felt a lot like that uh sean is definitely uh an acquired taste but you know it's a good sign when somebody can annoy you that much at the beginning of the movie and you're kind of rooting for him at mm -hmm. the end and hoping for him to get through it was a nice turn uh they grew and developed that character very well and I enjoyed it a lot. The humor is really good, spot on. Uh, as a first-person movie, I really enjoyed this. I was really excited the first time I watched this, and that's when I first uh, texted Eric and Schnars that we needed to watch this because I think the way that they set up the cameras in this first-person movie and explain it out is super clever and fixes a lot of problems with first-person movies because you know exactly where all the camera angles are coming for in this movie. And I think it's a... I think it's kind of a game changer for a first person horror because it takes out that element of, well, how the hell did they get that shot? Because they're kind of explaining to you. And even if they didn't show him showing up that certain shot, you could just buy into uh, that's another one of his cams. I really enjoyed the humor in this and it got funnier as it went. And the fact that he was still sticking to his guns, to his character's guns, like when he made the uh, spear cam and the mill dead cam, etc. later on, Dude, I just thought it was hilarious. When he's like, fun. when he's in the shit and he still takes time to give his cameras dumb nicknames, it's, there's something I found really funny exactly. about that. <laughs> and there's like a lot meat, of one-liners coming cam. out of Sean in this movie that cracks me up. As things are going bananas in this movie and it starts to get more and more chaotic. Just those little one-liners he's dropping where he comes around the corner and sees something and says, ah, shit. Oh, that's a strike. <laughs> little things are always cracking up. Yeah, I it agree. Just, it's a well-written movie. It's fun. And it was a good time to watch. Yeah. I'm with you guys. Um, this thing is, uh, listen, it's, it's established. I'm, I like found a good found footage movie, You're John. Like I am in many ways the audience for this movie. I also like I love because I like found footage so much and I think it is it's here to stay. You know, it's literally if you if you think of like Cannibal Holocaust as being one of the first examples of it, we've gone at this point from that was a film crew shooting in like 16 millimeter. The Blair Witch was like people shooting in high eights and I mean, they had a 16 millimeter too, but 
what I'm what I'm saying is I've really en- I I really enjoy watching the evolution of found footage, and as a really natural part of that, it's going to just keep exploring new technology because this video technology is only going to get crazier. Like when cameras are so ubiquitous, we've all got them in our eyeballs or our glasses. Like it's only going to get crazier, and I enjoy seeing it be sort of reinterpreted for new generations. And that's kind of what this feels like in a lot of ways. It in the way that something like Unfriended felt like that, whatever that was, five or six years ago. The, this Sean, Sean, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a really interesting tightrope he's walking because man, is he obnoxious, but he's he's like intentionally obnoxious, right? Because he's modeling this kind of particular YouTuber personality. And I agree, like what's impressive is he's also really funny. Like it's, it's very knowing about that kind of personality and observant and sort of satirizing that personality in a way that's very funny. Some of that comes into play in even like serious moments of the movie, like, like when he kind of pulls back on his apology during like one of the really like crazy scenes, really my, my biggest laugh of the movie is really early on when he says, he says shit for the first time. And then he's like, Oh God, don't demonetize me. I'm sorry. And then he goes, he goes, this root wait, what the hell did he say? He's like the this root well, I'm missing the first part. I texted it to you guys earlier. He says this room smells like my AH, which like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was so funny because like that's not a euphemism you hear. So it took me a second to be like, what is he? Oh. Yeah. But you know, I like so I actually think this guy's comedic timing is like pretty good. And I think the lines are pretty spot on. Yeah, it was the from your text, Derek. It was holy f. This room smells like my AA. Holy <laughs> f, yeah. And like, I think the other thing this movie does is it just has a lot of elements. So it's not just this guy running around and screaming for an hour and a half. It sort of combines like it combines, you know, a found footage horror film with elements that people really love from true crime shows. There's like mythos to like murders that have happened and stuff that he 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 gets into them the way a true crime host would where he's like Mm -hmm. is practically reading a printout from wikipedia or something but what it's do but like people love that shit and what it does is it adds color to the the story um and then once the actual scare start and we'll drop like a spoiler alert but like once it turns on a dime and gets real crazy, like really fast. I really loved this when this girl shows up because you, you just know something's up with her from the beginning. Like the actress is playing it just this side of conspicuous. Yeah. That like, you know, something's going on. And pretty early on, I was like, Oh, this chick's dead. She dead. Just watch. Um, and then when she goes crazy, like what I, I just love that the movie, when it comes to the scares, it just commits to cranking the dial up to 11. Like, I mean, it almost, some of these scenes are like WWE go like ghost fighting, like in cities three ghost fighting style. Um, but fun. So like those encounters become a ton of fun. It was a smart idea to have this safe room because it sort of gives him a way, so a place to kind of go back to and recoup and talk to the audience. And by having cameras in every room, it gives you a real sense of physical space of what this house is. Um, and they do a really good job of juggling that with the different angles, cutting back and forth. So, you know, like spatially, I think it works really well. It's just, um, it's a lot of, it's fun is what this movie is. And I, and some of those jump scares really got me. Like one of the ones where he just moves or something moves and she's right in his face. Like I screamed like legit. Did you, so like with that safe room, 
I felt like a physical relief when he set up that uh, when he first got up there and set up that safe room and turned on that big light. I yeah. don't know why, but he turned on that big light, and I'm like, okay, this is my safe room too. <laughs> and it well, and it's smart because then what it does is it it gives you moments where the whole thing can breathe. You yeah. get him back there, and then those moments provide contrast to then when it's all like cranked up again. I uh, I realize I broke up the the order of operations here, but uh, can oh, I go I'm sorry, John. quickly? And, I no, thought no, no, I was I, confused because you were talking and I zoned out, and I thought you were. I, yeah, I understand. Um, <laughs> I also really like this. Movie. <laughs> you know, I'm like I was. I'm always skeptical. Like first person stuff, I come in. You got. I'm. You're starting from like a deep, deep hole. But Casey, what, you were 100 percent right. You sort of when you were trying to sell it through. We're like, look, they actually do a good job. They explain the camera angles, which is like my biggest gripe. Yeah. It, it just is what it Kay, is. Casey like, was worried that John wasn't going to be okay with the camera angles. No, I was, <laughs> like, I was excited to hear what John said because I think they, they finally did it right. I wanted to hear him acknowledge that. I'm, and look, I think I'm on record. I mean, we've done a lot of these at this point. Like, I do like some of them. Like, some of them I like and some of them I think are fucking lazy. And it's it upsets me. This you know, is like, like one of the best, I think. Yeah. When for you say lazy, I watched I watched VHS ninety nine lately. It's one of the in the exact way you're talking about one of the laziest found footage movies I've ever seen. <laughs> so there you go. I like it. I'm already angry, and I've never even seen it. So, um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I uh, uh, where was it? it? It was I did not realize it was a comedy. So I was watching it, and I'm kind of like, this guy's annoying. Like he's really. But I was sort of like, it was like, this is ridiculous. Like, and I, and I, you know, it's obvious that he's doing a parody, but I think as Eric, you were sort of saying like, it's pretty good. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't watch this shit, but like, it felt believable. Like it felt like he had watched a lot of YouTube streamers and was sort of mm-hmm. trying to pull that stuff in. Um, the We didn't even mention it, uh, the comments, which are a really great part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that there, I want to come back to that because that was some of, like one of my favorite jokes was not actually to, like it was not actually Sean. But um, yeah, the uh, yeah, like the, the violent, not the violent, like the once the scares kick off. I mean, some of it is the violence. Uh, I think it was over email. Maybe Matilda, you mentioned there's like a scene where he he has a cannon, like one of these like whatever potato guns that people build. Yeah. He loads it with his own bobblehead, which is in his car. <laughs> he shoots it through a zombie, the zombie or like whatever, a demon. Demon has like a hole in its chest, falls on top of the gun and like slides that. I mean, it's just it's really good physical comedy, but also just absurd. <laughs> like it's so many levels. Uh, so I really liked all that. My favorite joke was uh, maybe not my favorite, but one of my favorites was when so like people are like submitting videos, which like, I guess that's a thing that happens on streams. It was sort of like, okay, whatever. It was a nice way to kind of break up a little bit the just him streaming himself the whole time. Um, yeah. the, when so, someone submits a video and it's like the old lady who used to like babysit in the house. This is also like the way that they do a lot of the um, uh, like narrative forward momentum around like the mechanics and the mythos and she's like oh well i created that whatever hand symbol it has like a name with the eyeball in the middle it's like a protective thing it was a hamsa i think a hamsa, hamsa. yeah hamsa oh and then and then the guy who's like filming it's like his grandmother or something is like oh yeah he destroyed that and she's like oh he's dead he's <laughs> like, gonna it's die just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, the old lady was great um 
My like my only thing, it gets to me, it got like a little long in the tooth when like some of the like the pacing of like the last act. I felt like the last act was happening for half the movie. And that's it does there's a point at which it devolves into him screaming for like 40 straight minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and like it's some of those scenes are still good. And like the jump scares got me, as you said, like it's a lot. Like I actually wish they had pulled some of that somehow into like act two. I thought the first, like, it's very tense. Is, it's very tense even without yeah. it to your point. Like, yeah. So this, so that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. The first act of this movie is fucking terrifying. Like, yeah. And it's very, it's is, really creepy. This is also where like, I get somewhat annoyed with found footage. It's, it's too easy. Like, Oh, someone is like walking around in the dark and there's like a cone of light and you can't see everything that's going on out there. Like it's it's scary. Like there's just that is a scary thing to like go through. And even when you're watching the movie, it's scary. So like it's a, that's where I get the laziness comes in. They but they do it well. But I think it's impressive. Too much. It, what's impressive is that the movie is so funny and still manages to be so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. So like basically the first up to when she shows up, the, the the woman, which I agree, I thought that was great. And like that is when it kind of like flips a little bit. Um, it's quite scary. And and I just wish it had like, I don't know, there's like a way to maybe balance some of that. Again, I'm like somewhat picking nits, but it was like there's maybe like five to ten minutes of just chaos where I was like, I mean, it's cool. Right. I mean, it's yeah. listen, it is fun though. Like there is some real yeah. bananas stuff. Happening. Plus how good is the location that they found for this? I mean, I felt, <laughs> I felt scared for them shooting in this house. It did not look where, safe. <laughs> where were they? Like, I, I totally agree. It was. So, uh, Rachel and Ariel talked to the directors of this on one of the, this was going to be one of my plugs on more oh. deadly on our channel. Plug um, it. It's a real haunted house like it's a real abandoned house that has a lot of local lore to the point that when they were shooting there like some of the contractors that they had coming in to build the sets and stuff like who were locals did not want to go in no shit oh, wow. <laughs> that's awesome they're like oh no we know about this place and we don't want to go in in including there was one time when like you know teenagers it, it's totally as it would be like a place where teenagers go to drink um they came in one time and teenagers had come in and like destroyed something or something had happened where they had to like have police there and they showed up and the police officer sitting in his car and he's like, thank God you're here. I didn't want to go in with by myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's it a looks genuine It looks very, location. it looks very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, ah, no, you just did. There was something else. He's sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there was something else I was going to jump on, but go, uh, did anybody else get uh, Andy vibes from Sean? There's certain camera angles that it was Andy in like early beard stage. Like, oh, you BG mean Andy Helm? Like, yeah. like <laughs> <Andy. laughs> I was like, I know some other Andys. <laughs> it's possible. Where where was the house? Do you know? I'm actually just curious like, where know. the hell they were. It was, so, yeah. yeah. Um, it could have been anywhere, right? Like, but. Well, that's what's part of the fun about this movie. Growing up in the Midwest, and I grew up in a smaller town. It's not like a tiny town, uh, but it was a fairly small town and a lot of countryside around it. And there, we had houses like that that were abandoned out in the middle of cornfields somewhere that we'd go out to to be, you know, to have spooky time on the weekends and dare each other to do dumb shit. So that was kind of a really nice connection to this. That was made it feel a little nostalgic too. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very similar. I mean, not it it reminds you of the Blair Witch House, and then it's just this like full house in the middle of the woods, like for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Eric, I think you mentioned they do a really nice job of establishing all of the space. Some of that is like set up through the architecture of like he's going through, he's setting up the cameras, but he's explaining each room. It feel it. It never was like confusing where mm-hmm. he was in the space yeah. at any time. Um, and that's, I mean, that's like a testament to the filmmaking and like, because there's other movies we've seen and like things we've seen recently where it's like, wait a second, what, like what, where in the fucking house are they yeah. at this point, you know? And so. it's important to say that, the, you know, like you, you're exactly right. They really explained everything of where he was in the space of this place and whatnot and his explaining it, but it never felt like an info nub. It felt no. natural. Totally. Yeah. I, and um, Matilda mentioned it. I thought the like this thing could have gone sideways really badly based on just the sort of like design of the technology and the way that it's deployed and the and the comments. I mean, there's a lot of like UI stuff. I'm actually yeah. I was thinking about this when we were watching. I'm curious, like, do you all think that that stuff on so it used to be a huge problem. Remember, like they're all like the Facebook knockoffs that would be in movies, or like even like text messaging in movies used to be so so bad. I feel like the baseline on that it's now much is very very high. It's much better now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I, maybe there's just like more designer people out there who can do this stuff. Like filmmakers are smarter about well, it. Well, and I, it always used to be some silly name. Like they would, ju- it would just be like my face yeah. or something like you know, like yeah, yeah. If they actually really take the time, UI. it's like they actually take the time to workshop what a logic, like it could, it could be, you know what I mean? Like they, they yeah. will actually kind of shoot for some authenticity there for sure. Well, yeah, a lot of this movie hinges on his iPad and the app that he's running on iPad to manage all these cameras and to interact with his chat screen and stuff, but none of it ever feels forced, forced. It feels realistic and it feels natural. So it was working like really not, well. It's cool. <laughs> it was working really well in a place that I was assume the cell reception or the sort of like 5G coverage may not be amazing, mm, but it's true. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> you know. the, ner- the nerd in me figured that big block that was hanging off the end of his iPad had to be a hot spot. Yeah. You know, a lot of I, I I bet there are some streamers streamers that use these. They're expensive, but um, a lot of. Local news reporters now, especially in small markets, use don't have live trucks anymore. They use these things they call backpacks that are literally like little 5G superconductor things. Like it's basically like a super powered thing that taps into 5G that lets them beam signals like back to the station. So, I don't know. and do they like they'll do like pick up or like what, live you know, shots? Two ways or yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because it's expensive, but it's much cheaper than buying and maintaining it satellite truck basically no totally he i mean look he was running like nine cameras at one point and yeah. Like yeah. all through this one ipad i mean it is like it yeah. is kind of funny like it, it's a good i mean it's a good part of the movie like it, i love the interaction with the audience like i love there's if you watch it on a big enough screen there's so much funny shit happening in the comments like the yeah, comments yeah. are really funny you don't well, need them. them so like the important like ones, great. he responds to the important ones. So like, it's not stuff you super need, but it's addicting to just walk. Cause it's so good. It's so for someone who spent a lot of time on those things, it's very genuine feeling. 
<laughs> like even down to the like little cute like intentional misspellings and like the yeah. the ways yeah. that they're trolling him and stuff. Um, well, even the way they shoehorned in the videos from the fans, like uh, like the grandma that Schnars was talking about, and there was a kid early on that had picked up something that he had said and figured out something with the lore and posted a video of it. And there was another lady who translated the uh, Latin that he had talked about and whatnot. They throw those in there too, as kind of plot devices. Yeah. And those are responds to them naturally. He it doesn't feel forced or anything like that, the way he responds to them. And it's usually like he's, when those videos would come up, it's in a moment where he is like in a total panic and like hiding in a closet in there and he's desperate and he sees somebody post a video and he's like, Oh, what the heck? And hits it. And then they give him information. It's yeah. Unnatural. And some of those people are like a little forced. Like there, some of those people are a little cheesy. Like the, the idea of this just like grandmother's like watching this live stream is kind of funny. But the professor, yeah, he's up right. to like 9 million people or whatever, or 7 million people by the end. Um, yeah. No, the thing that one thing I was, that I was thinking about earlier that uh, came back to me. The um, it's a lot of plot. Like there is a lot of fucking which is which I think is actually a good happen. thing because otherwise it's just a dude screaming. Yeah, exactly. True. Yeah, it's, it reminded me so much. And in... go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I think so much in found footage. There's like not enough information, or there's this thing that kind of tries my patience in found footage sometimes, where like it's all off screen, but the camera has fallen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. right. This is like you're seeing that there's just a, a like a fire hose of information coming at him, yeah. comments and yeah. like cameras and all these things, which I feel like is a little more realistic. Yeah. That you get his sense of how many things he's managing at once. You yeah, know what it is. Still calling him an asshole throughout half of yes. this when he's getting yeah. attacked and he's responding to him. It's like, give me a break, guys. <laughs> you know what it is, John? Mm-hmm. It's like a modern take on Ghostwatch. A little bit. Oh. Live streaming from a haunted house. You've got audience interaction. Like it's like a very high tech, modernized version of Ghostwatch. One of my this favorites. This is a little better because you get a better connection with the person that's going through the house because we always have the camera focused I mean, on him and he's talking to the camera. Casey, let's not blaspheme Ghostwatch. I was okay. Say, you're I'm not saying. You're, now you're now you're saying. getting offensive. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, any favorite scenes before we move on? My favorite scene is there's uh, one part towards the end of the movie where, and I don't even remember what happens, but he goes into a total panic and he just starts fleeing and he starts running through to upstairs with the one open window we've seen. And as soon as he leaves the window, it cuts to an outside camera showing him (laughs) jumping out the window. That's a good shot. Hilariously to that. (laughs) So he sets that camera up right at the very beginning and you never see it. So (laughs) oh, it's got to come back. And, um, and it's just for that shot. But the I, commitment too for that shot, we, he came out of that window just pinwheeling with all the arms and legs and everything. It was awesome. Dude, that <laughs> shit that he sees in the woods, the like little head monster thing, yeah. jacked off. Like so terrifying. And to like you're saying, John, it, it happens in that found footage way where you've just got this cone of light and all of a sudden it like moves in the woods and this head comes up and you're like, fuck, hell no, I'm out. <laughs> Um, and then later on in that scene is where like the cop comes and then he shoots him through the chest with the potato gun and then he falls on the gun and slides down it on top yeah. of him. It's like on top of him. Yeah. It's just good shit. The other, like this was like 
just a ridiculous. There's a there's a couple moments where things either explode or like do like gross shit onto him. I really appreciated that. It was it's it's yeah. at the very very end of the movie where he like exercises the demon. She gets sucked down into hell, and then there's like a hell blood burp <laughs> just like yeah. burp, burps yes. up out of the hole yeah. like all over his face. There was another great oh scene with God. the disgusting bathtub upstairs when he uh, woke up in that bathtub and it, it like ate an eyeball. We saw that happen. That was so that scene. I was like, "What the fuck is happening in this scene?" Like that was, one yeah. that was just like, "What? This is a maybe like that was maybe one scene too far." I mean, it was gross, and I appreciated what was going on ultimately, but. I just got yeah. a laugh out of he injected the holy water into the eye socket of that thing. And there was a pause for like 30 seconds. Yep. And then it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, the, and the, I really loved all the close up nose situation. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. So I, I, so I had watched this like a week or two ago and then I was just rewatching for the show. Totally forgot about all the like nose violence happening in this movie. Like it's horrendous. Oh, it's I love and that it goes scene on too. long enough that he gets upset. He's like, come on. With yeah. This. I love that scene where uh, Mildred sticks her gnarly ass fingernail up his nose and he's like, that's, come what, I'm, on, that's what I'm talking about. And she, well, she does it twice. Yeah. yeah. It's the second time. It's just like, man, that's a, that's, that's real gross. It's so gross. Yeah. Right. I really love the practical effects of this too. The monsters all seem to be practical and they were kind oh, yeah. of, They're they really were good. traditional as far as what you would see in a movie like this with the generic zombie homemade zombie makeup and stuff. They're pretty technicolor that, which gave them a nice eighties weird grind to housey feel. They were just kind of different as far as creatures go. Now well, are, they, they walk the line of like, like yeah, it could amateurish have been too much. on purpose. Now, yeah. Like, yeah. Matilda, yeah, I enjoyed. are these actors the filmmakers as well? The the main actor is the director. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The 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 female lead was she part of the production too? Is that who you guys interviewed or someone else? No, that so, was his, his no. wife. Was the person that he directed this with? From what Matilda was saying, gotcha, and gotcha. then but that's uh, not the Mildred actress. slash Cassie was a separate actress that. Uh, looks like she works has worked with him before though, because they are together in uh, VHS ninety nine. Right? Yeah, yeah I didn't they know did that. Make one of the shorts in VHS ninety nine. Yeah. It, yeah, it's Ariel who talked to them, and you can hear it. Over yeah, the I, I pulled it up. I'm I'm a listen. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, anything else about uh, Dead Stream before we move on here? You know, watching it again and talking about it, I think it's going to get on my list, John. Well, look at that after the break. This really held up to a second. I was surprised yeah. this really held up to a second viewing. It, really a well. second viewing really benefits it because for me, in the first viewing, when a character is that over the top, you're like, oh God, am I going to be able to take this for 90 minutes? But then yeah. once you get through it and you know that you can, it's a much smoother ride <laughs> the second time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, All right. Would, would you recommend this, John? Yes. Casey? Yes. Matilda. Yes. Samesies. All right, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. He jumped. I was like, it's okay, honey. You'll be all right. I stayed just on the edge the whole time. Being able to scream in the theater is fun. The best scary movie since The Sixth Sense. You'll have a spooky good time. The scariest movie I've ever seen. The Ring. Ready PG-13. Now playing. 
I'm Ray Wise from Twin Peaks, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror. So last week, I put bodies, bodies, bodies into my number nine. I think bodies won't go down this year as the movie that spent the least amount of time on my top 10 list because I think I'm, for now, I'm bumping bodies. I'm putting Deadstream at nine. I need to rewatch Pearl and just give it a second chance because it didn't grab me the first time. I know a lot of people love that one. so. Unless okay. we see something just amazing in the next couple of weeks, in which case I won't bother. Save me time. So there you go. Um, that's my top 10 list. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com's email address. But before we do that, um, if you check your Patreon feed, if you get your Patreon feed, John, um, this is an audio, it's a podcast feed basically that you get from Patreon when you sign up at any level. Um, on that feed, you get early release episodes of this show. You get classics every Monday. John, we were just looking pre-show. What is, what came out this Monday? Uh, oh, Babadook. The Babadook. Um, Babadook. So I put in there too, if anyone's interested, like original air dates. So this was episode 309, originally aired, and it's always in the same time of year. 11-16-2014. Remember what you were doing in 2014, John? I have no goddamn uh, idea what I was doing. I actually, I might have been in Indonesia. This was like right around the time. Indonesia. When I was, wow. Yeah. I was, I, I was. Do not uh, remember that. Yeah. Um, I think it was a brief period of time, like a year and a half. I was living in New York before I moved back to Boston and then back to New York. And yeah. Um, yeah. You actually bought a house at that point, didn't you? Yeah. I've owned a house for a year and a half of my life. <laughs> So the other thing going on, we had there's a new spinoff show that the first episode showed up this week. It's called How Do You Horror? It's um, hosted by Whitney, contributor uh, to the website. Episode one is uh, Rosemary's Baby with Caitlin Grant. And basically, um, well, I'll just read you the description, John. Uh, How Do You Horror is a new show for patrons featuring folks from the BGH community talking about their favorite horror movies. But with a twist, each episode features a one sentence synopsis of the film. Something Schnars could never do. She spells your name wrong too, which I like. I no, left. I think she's. Did she? I thought she spelled it correctly. Nope. S C H N A R R S. No, no, I saw it, but I left it there intentionally. No, fair enough. Um, and a ten question quiz for the guest. Play along and see what your score is. How well do people really know their favorite horror movie? Um, so her and Caitlin talk about Rosemary's Baby, and I think we're gonna try to get another episode um, kicking for December. So. I think you may end up hearing some of us on that show as well. Probably not Schnars is my guess, but maybe me and Casey. <laughs> I, like, you know, what the hell? I'll have oh, her reach out. I'll have her call your people, John. Yeah. 
She can text me. Um, info at com. This is exciting news. Caitlin Kissimmee writes in, the last broadcast is on Shutter now. Congratulations, Eric. I'm actually hoping maybe some good energy could go towards Yellow Brick Road finally showing up. Um, Caitlin Kissimmee. So it's been a while since I've gone on a, a soliloquy, John, about the last broadcast, but we did a show on it. If you recall, this was a staff pick of mine like years ago, like a mm-hmm. long time ago. Mm-hmm. The last broadcast is a found footage movie. It was a contemporary of the Blair Witch Project. And the the lore behind it was that these both of these films were actually being produced in Orlando at the same, like Blair Witch was being post-produced in Orlando because that's where all those guys were living at the time. And so was this movie was being shot as well and produced. And these guys actually had some like run-ins with each other. I, I talk about some of it. I wrote an article for Horror Hound years ago about Blair Witch. Um, and there was kind of some beef between these guys for a little bit. Cause when it came out, they were like, you stole our thing. Um, but anyway, it's a pretty enjoyable little found footage horror movie. Remember, guys, I write for the magazine. I did. That's all I can think of right now. <laughs> it's, it's pertinent to the conversation, Casey. But the end, like, I remember, so Ed Sanchez told me basically that. So you remember those Blair Witch spinoffs on, like, Sci-Fi Channel that were, like, mini documentaries? Sure don't. Okay, so there were multiple, there were multiple mini documentaries that aired on Sci-Fi Channel around the time Blair Witch came out. Mm-hmm. All there were like interviews, like the kind of things you'd see in a modern found footage movie. All of that stuff was supposed to be in Blair Witch. Blair Witch was not originally just the found footage. And Ed Sanchez on a break one day went to a local theater and saw this movie, the last broadcast, like fully done and was like, shit, if we put our movie out the way it is, people are going to say we like ripped this off. So that led to them in post-production going back to the drawing board and deciding to just cut out all of the documentary stuff. Um, and then they had it all to repurpose for these specials or whatever. It is kind of bootleg. It's not as good as Blair Witch, but I love it. It's it's real creepy. It's a weird, weird little vibe. Yeah. I don't know that I watched it. Like, I believe we did it as a, a staff pick, but maybe I missked that episode or something. You I'm must like have looking been. at it. This was back in the day when you were just there for episodes, John. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe we didn't all watch the episode that are they all the no i don't movie? i don't know i remember because i remember joe super didn't like it i can't remember what casey do you even remember seeing this yeah they uh it's funny because the i remember being introduced to this movie the first time we used to have a local uh dvd store called the laser's edge in uh, carmel indiana they were a big online seller the laser's so, edge i fucking yeah. love that <laughs> but we used to go in there a lot uh during because it was uh, near work and we'd always uh, my buddy and I was my buddy was a big DVD collector. We go in there a lot during the week and check out what they had. And I remember Wayne, the owner of the store, telling me uh, he pulled out last broadcast because he knew what I liked. And he's like, hey, I just got this in. I think you'd like it. <laughs> and so I rented it and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's I I love it. And if you love found footage, like I think it's a pretty important kind of I don't know. I don't know what the word is milestone yeah. it's it's a good one to have under your belt if you're into found footage and sort of the history of the subgenre so yeah definitely i'd call it a must watch it's funny she wrote in footage. because right before i saw the email i went to shutter looking because i wanted to rewatch deadstream was like the last broadcast there we are. <laughs> and uh yellow brick road is an amazing 
horror movie yeah. that no one's seen and the people who do don't like and they're wrong. It, that's not found footage though, is it? Mm, I feel like there might be found footage elements I think of it. Parts that are. It goes back and forth, I think. That's I, I fucking love that movie. That one, but. That's a movie where like that should be a staff pick for me, but I don't want to have anybody not like it. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear about it. It's too I'm too I'm too close to it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I was nervous the same way for making you guys watch Six Strings Samurai. Some of us care about things, John. Okay. Yeah. Um Caitlin, one more email. Have you heard of Night of the Tommy Knockers? Yes, please. Western horror. John, stand up. I mean, I did, you know, you had me in Western horror. What is but it? Isn't Tommy Knockers a Stephen? You lost me at Night of the Tommy <laughs> What is that? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> All I could think of is that awful uh, Stephen King movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's Tommy Knockers real bad. Um, also not a Western. Is it? I'm, I'm looking it up, but is it recent? I have. I didn't Google it. I just pulled this pre-show. I did not look into it. Night of the Tommyknockers. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's a 2022. Interesting. Tom Sizemore. Oh, they got him. They got him. <laughs> Richard Grieco. Oh my goodness! There's a cast. Yeah, I don't know. They. This I is... hope they're. I hope they've got a couple of lawyers on retainer for all the domestic violence that's going to be happening on that set. <laughs> This is not <laughs> inspiring a ton of confidence, but uh, Casey, um, what's on? What do you do? Twitter. What's on Twitter tonight? Yes, we have Twitter. Use the Ask BGH, uh hashtag. Ask us dumb questions. We'll give you dumb answers. Uh, first up, we got our good friend at Skizbot. Me and my lady just turned forty. Any words of wisdom from my BGH elders? Uh, I also just turned 40, so I'm really still reeling from all that. I don't know. like, And also in the year that I've turned 40, my entire body has like rebelled against me. So I was going to say, start making sure you have ibuprofen on hand. You know what? Actually, that's not true. I do have, I do have advice. <laughs> <laughs> Stretching. <laughs> Stretching. Yes. And, Sit down. Uh, and mo- like stretching and mobility exercises. Legit. Like... I was getting to the point, especially working remote, where if like I had to pick some shit up, it was like an ordeal. And I'm like, okay, I need to start doing something. So like yeah, any, stretching is huge. any kind of exercising, if you get like a TRX, that's like the cables you put on your door. There's a lot of really great shit you can do that will just both stretch your body out and make you more nimble. Like, cause man, it's, it's all downhill from here, dude. You got to maintain that shit or it's just going to get worse. Take a walk every day too. I mean, even something simple as that is going to keep you uh, busy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good about that. But I just saw the other day that there's like a huge positive correlation between walking and longevity, and it also goes in the reverse. Like people who don't walk a lot just die younger. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not doing great on that scale. I recommend walking before work. It's like a great way to wake yourself up. When you live in New York City, you actually just have to walk everywhere. So yeah. Yeah. I would love that, John, but I live in the stupid suburbs. West. We don't walk anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. Yeah, All right. Yeah, and you have to do a lot of stairs. The only crazy. places around here where I could live in a walkable community, I could also get shot by while I'm being walkable. So mm. it's not yeah. ideal. Okay, this next tweet uh, comes from us from a very important place. Uh, comes from Senator Chuck Grassley. <laughs> Care D. 
uh, and I'm also reading it as it's written. Good morning. I would like you to turn in the person on your staff that shitted my pants. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, do we have, we have to have a serious conversation about like how long we can use Twitter as like a resource for the show? Right? Like, I mean, yeah, this went down during the whole blue check debacle of last week. I feel like it's a whole epic of history now. I, you know, yeah. it's here's the thing because I, I don't, I have actually stopped using Twitter that much, except you know, we use it for some things, but. I will gleefully observe as a social media site burns down, but now I'm at this point where like, like the Facebook's burning down and I'm like, oh, actually like Facebook's a huge part of the revenue that pays my salary. <laughs> and <laughs> with Twitter, like, dude, we have like 80,000 followers on Twitter. Like, I'm not sure how much it actually translates into like helping us. It's probably a lot of bots, but like it's by far our biggest social following. So I don't really want Twitter to just go up in flames. Like, But Elon's yeah. going to clean out the bots. Oh, the bots okay. are going to be gone. Sure so, is. yeah. It's like no, I'm too I mean, old. Like, it's I like I'm too old. We're closer to Twitter not existing at all no. than we are to I, like it being a like viable, uh, yeah. useful site. I agree. Like, I feel like it could just go belly up, yeah. Yep. Oh, any day. Like, it'll. the, the reality is it's going to stop working at some point because all the engineers are leaving and then... Or they fired. Like our <laughs> I live pretty close to headquarters. You know, I live one yeah. city over from headquarters, and it's I'm a couple layers out from hearing some. It's wild. It's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the early days of social media, there was so much turnover, and then it was like MySpace. But really, this like Facebook Twitter duopoly has just been forever. I mean, obviously, you get there's a lot of newer shit now, but it seems wild for either of those to be like potentially going down facebook's struggling too because they just laid off a bunch of people too mm -hmm. all right next up we i have did anyway i did enjoy those chuck grassley poop my pants tweets thank you to whoever sent those yeah there were so fun and if you look at the account there's a lot of them there's like eight that, tweets yeah yeah all about shitting his pants <laughs> were they all to <laughs> only one of us was to us <laughs> they were just like randomly spamming other people all right cool <laughs> Oh, Chuck. There's a lane of like, you wouldn't have like seen this, John, but like there is a lane of BGH Twitter commenter who all they use Twitter for is to send an ask BGH. Like you yeah. go to their account, they follow no one. They've tweeted like 10 times and it's all to us. I love those people. Yeah, no, that's our people. Right? <laughs> that's yeah. our people. We love you. I salute you. Yeah. Um, very cool. All right. Next up at Miles on Film. If Sean from Deadstream was a real life internet personality, would you follow his content? No. Also, what are some non horror content creators that you guys regularly follow? Keep up the great work. I would a hundred percent watch him get murdered in a haunted house. I'll say that. <laughs> like if, if I if I was on Twitter and I saw a link, I was like, "Hey, this guy's dying in haunted," I'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" I click on that. I watch that. But like, I can't watch this kind of this kind of YouTuber. It's, yeah. it's I wouldn't me. watch him fight a bum. I watched a Mr. Beast video the other day, like not the whole thing. And I, it was like 25 minutes long and I like kind of fast forwarded a little bit. I don't know. Like I get it. I get why people watch this stuff. Yeah. But, so there um, is on Twitch. There's like a lot of, um, I mean now like uh, people of all ages have Twitch channels. Like you can find 40 year old dads with Twitch channels. So like there's lots of, yeah. if you search, you can find people that are kind of in your wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Like, 
I always recommend Dr. Lupo to people, L-U-P-O. He's like in his mid-30s and he's got a kid and he's, he's pretty down to earth. Like he raises a lot of money for St. Jude and like his, you know, it's not manic tween energy, right? Which is like what you fear when you're getting into that stuff, but... Yeah. All my social media browsing is on Instagram. I recommend uh, Speaking in Rainbows. She's an artist that does uh, sculptures out of uh, foam clay, and she does some really amazing stuff. So I would look her up. Nice. Yeah, I'd have to look at my Twitch. There's like a lot more that I follow. But... I know. I tend to follow like famous internet animals more. Nice. <laughs> Actually, I have a great recommendation. If you like weed... Okay. <laughs> There's this band I follow. They're called Do you like we listen. Well listen, they're called the Fantastic Plastics. And they're they're based out of your neck of the woods somewhere, like Midwest somewhere. But they are like modern new wave, like very faithful early 80s new wave. It's like he's on a guitar and she's on a keyboard. And but the, and they live stream like once or twice a week. They do whole sets, they do covers, and they have original music. But they have just dedicated their time to making like the trippiest live stream possible. Like color crazy colors and green screen things and trails and like it is amazing. Like you tune into that stream and you're feeling good and you can just sit there and zone out for the rest of the night. <laughs> That's a great recommend, actually. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like if you just, dude, if you need to relax and listen to some music, it's great. And I love New Wave, so it's great. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Next up from Erie, Arizona. Should I be worried that my prostate doctor is talking about a dead stream and not referring to this week's movie? <laughs> it sounds like you might have a going problem, sir. Yeah. No, what's, that, right. what's the commercial? It's a growing problem, not yeah, a going yeah. problem. <laughs> Uh, next up from at Drake Dangerson one struggling to come up with a question for the movie. What's the most unique side dish that you have had for Thanksgiving that really worked with the overall meal? Mm. When I lived in Florida, my Florida relatives put oysters in their stuffing and it was actually really good. That's apparently like a <laughs> coastal thing. I got like a Florida thing. Nice. That's a hard no. Uh, it's a hard no. I know. There's a local brewery that I mean, puts oysters in their beer. They're cooked. They're not I've like raw. That. They're not raw, you know, at least. Is it, uh, one of them down in Maryland does the oyster, um, like an oyster stout. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like, I've had a wide variety of sides and like, I can't think of one that I would say is most unique. I celebrate them all. Yeah. I'm the guy, I'm the person that's like, I'll get a little bit of everything and I go back and I get the things that I thought were particularly good. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not having a second round, you're not doing it right. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not having a second round usually. I mean, the weirdest I can remember is my uncle used to cook like a regular turkey and did like two smoked turkeys Oof, in addition for Thanksgiving. Delicious. Smoked turkey was delicious. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, I'm not a big meat eater, so it's all about the sides for me, but, uh, this time of year, we're always trying to get rid of, we have like a Fuyu persimmon tree. So we're always trying to get rid of our last Fuyus before the raccoons come and get them. Mm. Um, and <laughs> do if they you wait? Match they're they're them, like, no, no, we're, we'll, we'll wait. You're like, you're like, do the raccoons? Well, they leave like, them right up away? there till they ferment and then they get drunk in the Ooh. tree, which is not awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then they're loud drunks. So, uh, <laughs> but if you matchstick those little firm persimmons and blend them with, sauteed green beans they're actually pretty good like caramelized i had to you gotta get a twitch stream set up for these raccoons like yes. this is like <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> IRL. I had dried persimmons recently. They're delicious. Yeah, those are probably Fuyu's. Those are the kinds I have. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. They're really good. Eric, have you let them ferment? Uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you can have well, a great time. I, I'm a human, John. I can just go to the store and buy liquor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, right, I don't sure. need to make, I don't mean to make prison persimmon wine. <laughs> yeah, it's not a weird uh, side as far as Thanksgiving goes, but my mom has to make two serving or two different batches of uh, corn casserole for Thanksgiving every year. So my brother-in-law and I don't fight. <laughs> yeah, there's a, my father and I both are, cannot eat gluten. So there's always like multiple, you know, yeah. gluten and gluten-free versions. All right. Last up, we have at the Nun Club with the recent roles of Joseph Winter as Sean in Deadstream and Justin Long as AJ in Barbarian. Are we entering a male screen queen renaissance? If not, <laughs> can we be? I mean, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Yeah. They got to be, I mean, I just, use, yeah. using those comparisons, they got to be kind of unlikable, though. Right? <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, there is something about both of those. I don't want to say too much for people who haven't seen both of those movies, but there is something about the kind of like non-redemption arc yeah. <laughs> right. of um, that's happening currently. About, yeah, I mean, like, he doesn't doesn't have to be a redemption arc. Like he doesn't really get that in this. Like he basically admits, like I wasn't sorry at all. Like you still root for him because he's you don't you're scared, but like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but you're also fine with him. Yeah, you don't Get care. It at, in, yeah, yeah. in both movies. Like, I think for like me, that guy in Barbarian. Here's the thing for me. Like, <laughs> so, watching yeah. another character in danger makes me feel in danger enough to, like, kind of root for that character to at least survive. Like, because yeah. it just is yeah. scary I mean, to watch somebody fucking die. Like, it's, I think it's different in Barbarian. They're slightly different because, yeah. especially in Barbarian, where the, like, the woman, I can't remember her name, is still, like, you know that she's still alive at a certain point and then you're like oh, all right but yeah sean ha- i would say sean has a little bit of a redemption arc character wise in this movie whereas aj and barbarian is still a douche throughout and proves it <laughs> yeah and there is something that i was wondering about watching this one and thinking about barbarian about like is there a different experience that we're after about watching people who were not upset about getting tortured yeah, in a certain way, right? Like I think about like Aronofsky movies where he kind of like puts somebody through an ordeal who arguably does not deserve an ordeal, but in both of these, does it give us a little bit of schadenfreude or something? Oh yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. that's like pretty standard genre fair in some, I'm not, I'm not standard. Like, but it's, it's, that's a category of genre fair where it's like, here's yeah. a shitty person and like, in, you know, you're going to see them get punished effectively. Right. Whereas Scream Queen is not a shitty person necessarily. Right. It's usually kind of. Right. Like no, I would say something. No, yeah, a Scream like, Queen. They have to be like, absolutely. No, a Scream Queen's like mom is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. they like do so, charity. As pertaining to the tweet, maybe not necessarily a male Scream Queen resurgence, but there is something happening. <laughs> Scream yeah. King, first yeah. of all. But yeah. And that's it for Twitter. What do you got on uh, Instagram, Eric? First up, have you guys listened to the podcast We're Alive, a story of survival? No. No. 
I have not. I've not heard of it also. Is it a is it a fiction or a nonfiction? You have to Google it, John. I didn't do that much work. Okay. I will do that while you Listen, keep talking. If people are going to recommend stuff, I'm, I'm actually not being a dick here. If people are going to recommend stuff, be like, dot, dot, dot. It's a podcast about blah, blah, blah. So like, well, or just then send, I don't have to Google. Send a link to Because <laughs> so. I'm probably not. And then this is going to happen. Oh, it's a zombie podcast. You know me. So that's on you is what I'm saying. It's a podcast. Uh, the website is pretty slow to load. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a fiction podcast, a zombie situation, but in any event. Cool. Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. up, any plans to cover Bones and All? Again, I don't know what that is. Uh, I really want to watch it. Can you, can it's, you give um, me an elevator pitch? So it's the, uh, it's the new movie from, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. The first name is Luca. He's the guy who did Suspiria, the Suspiria remake. He's made a bunch of other like wild. I just rewatched movies. that Suspiria remake recently. It fucks. It's amazing. It's so good. It's, I watched it like way after it came out and it's so much better than I was expecting. Um, I, hot take. Uh, I think it's better than Suspiria. Yeah, it's. A hundred percent. That's not a hot take to you, John. That's a hot take to the horror internet. (laughs) Don't get me started on Dario Argento. Um, (laughs) uh, So it's, it's Luca. His last name's like Gardarelli or something. Um, So I'm I'm sure I'm getting Girardelli. It's delicious chocolate. Yeah. Guadagnino. Guadagnino. All right. Um, But it's Timothy Chalamet. I think it's like a, Cannibal horror comedy slash like zombie. I don't know. There's I like, do like that. I read a. I do like that Chalamet fellow. He's great. Love love the Chalamet. So I yeah, it's on my list. We, I mean, now we're gonna get to it. Yeah, we it's got in theaters right now. I think. Oh yeah, that might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know well, if it's gonna get to streaming by the end of the year. We'll see. Um, it's listed as a romance drama. Interesting, but I think it's like like. You I know, think it's the, somebody has to like steal organs to like keep their friend alive. Mm-hmm. It's like there, it's like a dark romance situation. Sounds like some Cronenberg <laughs> bullshit. If you're asking me, <laughs> no, John, did you not hear me? Sorry, what it was? I it? said it sounds like some Cronenberg bullshit. Is what it sounds like to me. Um, <laughs> nah, come on. Artists are growing organs in the loo. It's yeah. art. Well, it's a dark romance. <laughs> Can you think of a more, is that going to be in your top 10 list this year, John, that movie, that Cronenberg joint? Probably not. I yeah. haven't sat down to do the top 10 yet. It's not great. Can you think of a more punchable main character in recent memory? You know, intentionally punchable, but yeah, no, pretty funny. I mean, definitely yeah. not. Um, which social media personality would you want to lock in a haunted house overnight? One of Can, the Pauls. Do politicians count? Can you do all of them? Like, is that that one? Paul like is like all into one haunted house. That one Paul has been signed by the WWE and is apparently like killing it. Like he's doing really well. Well, the one's like a legitimate boxer. That, it's mean, that one. It's the boxer one. I don't know yeah. about legitimate, but he's a boxer. He's fight like he's fighting like. Apparently, not, he did really well against not, Roy Jones Jr. I mean, he's old, but still. No, no he's fighting like yeah, like weird. Um, I don't like, I don't watch that much boxing and I'm sure there's like boxers who would straight murder him, but it's, uh, 
Yeah, he's smart. He's put it this way: he's making more money than literally every other boxer. That's you know, yeah. I mean, that's like, oh, yeah. that's kind of what modern boxing for me is at this point. It's just like yeah, he's pulling in way more money than anybody at his level of boxing should be. That's I mean, I'll give him credit there. Yeah, I as a child was um, at I went with my dad to one of his friends' house, and I watched. I couldn't have been what year did the whole, what year did Tyson bite Holyfield's ear off? Yeah. It was like 91, maybe. 92, yeah. So I like was that. nine, yeah. maybe 10 and watched him watch that live and bite his, that dude's fucking ear off on pay-per-view. I used to watch a lot of boxing with my grandfather, my mom's dad before, you know, when he was around his, yeah, I've seen a lot of fights. I don't think I saw that one live. I think we probably like, yeah, you know. Matilda, you a big boxing fan? <laughs> Speaking it hasn't of been just, a thing for me. <laughs> it's just not really because you brought up that uh, match, Eric, I did read an article this week that Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield have come oh. together to launch a cannabis-infused oh. edible company called Holy Ears. <laughs> And that's not a joke. I thought you were going to say they were going to fight again. Yeah, it's weird. It's like very against everything of my personality, but I weirdly enjoy boxing. I used to watch it when I was younger a lot. Not MMA so much. I don't really get MMA, but that's a lie. I dig 15 second MMA clips on like TikTok. That's just somebody getting the shit knocked out of them. Like just dying. I could actually watch a, I could actually watch a boxing match. MMA. I just want to see the part. Where somebody like kicks somebody in the head and they pass out. <coughs> For the record, <clears throat> it's a, you know an enlightened human. Eh, I'm was. a Renaissance <laughs> man, John. Yeah, yeah. John, this question is mostly for you. Will we ever see another spooktacular? Uh probably not. I mean, y'all can do one. I'm not <laughs> telling you to not do one, but <laughs> I mean, in many ways live streaming this show for patrons every week sort of replaced that feeling like that was, we just never part of the excitement of spooktaculars was we never got together on video before really like yeah. in that way. And like, then we started doing it for patrons every week, patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And it took the wind out of the sails a little bit. We also got old, like, Drinking yeah. is what makes spectaculars fun. And like, there's no night yeah. that I'm just going to get rip <laughs> shit so I can I, watch a movie. I, yeah. I was going to say like, if there's a week where my whole family is gone and I'm in my apartment by myself, like All I'm right. happy to then show up like loaded to the you show. Let, you let me know. We'll schedule around you, buddy. <laughs> let me know when you get out to that country house by yourself. I mean, I'm waiting for that to happen. So. <laughs> I'll call out of work the next day. I'm not above that. <laughs> was it, was it a lie? A spooktacular? Or a year-end show where you were you started the show drinking vodka at your Google office. No, it was the 500th episode, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you were like real shitty by the end of that episode. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and you found it in was, a coworker's uh, mini fridge or something. <laughs> but I always yeah. like to say this: if you go to Bloody Good Horror, you search YouTube, you could queue up a movie with us. Like we do the countdown on the video, and like you could watch it and relive it. With yeah, us I don't say time. that to a lot of people. So well, I'm saying it right now. <laughs> and I will take the put I'll take the moment to plug our Slack too. If you become a patron, there are weekly like group 
live watchings of uh, Wa- movies going yeah, on every Sunday night. Watching uh, chat channel. Watching chat channel that they're always picking out a new movie to watch. And there's a group of people that are watching those and chatting. And there's usually a, a really uh, active group chatting for any of the new Joe Bobs or the uh, Cinematic Void episodes, if you've ever heard of that yeah. show. And we got a couple of real nutters that will like stay up all night and watch that show. Yeah. So like, you, yeah, if you're a night owl, it's fun. Not so much for me, but I appreciate that it's there. I will jump, but I will. I'm in the Joe Bob chat usually, at least for the first like 20 minutes before I die. Um, If you had to die on a past BGH live stream, which episode would it be? That one where I was drinking in my work (laughs) office. (laughs) I mean, why why am I dying? Probably whichever one it was that I fell asleep in the middle of. (laughs) Um, How many times did you feel your nose twitch like you needed to wipe your nose after watching this? I think it's talking about all the nose poking and yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I wasn't too bothered by that. It is what it is. I watch my kids pick their nose all the time. So, <laughs> oh, do your kids show it to you? That's what my oldest does. She like wants to show me what she got. No, well, we are you kidding me? Like I'm, I like shame them as aggressively as possible. So then they like hide. Be like, oh, Ooh. I don't care. No, I'm like cool. I'm like cool, dude. Looking good because my kids have yet to fully master like blowing their nose, which is really annoying. When like I can hear they just need to clear something out. So if they get yeah. something out, I'm like, I'm high fiving, dude. I mean, after the <laughs> snot is gone, but like Eric, we could focus this energy on helping them learn to blow their nose. That's like <laughs> <laughs> my older shop. two can like blow their nose fine. My favorite yeah. is my four year old will like blow out of like you put the tissue up to her nose and she's she'll she's like blowing at her mouth and you're just like, That's not <laughs> hold the mouth closed, you know. Um, kids are funny. Uh, I heard Schnorris needed a Snickers last week. Did he have one? Uh, I said you were unhappy about the movie last week. So somebody should just suggested that you eat a Snickers. Yeah, I, uh, I've had a couple of Snickers. I've been stealing them for my kids Halloween candy. So, yeah. Um, two more questions. Name a group of more annoying characters. I said, easy. Have you seen VHS 99? Cause every character in that movie is unbearable. <laughs> unbearable yeah i'm definitely not watching that last question of the evening we get this one every year but i'll answer it every year until i die what is the best and worst thanksgiving foods i mean the turkey is probably my number one yeah yeah turkey doesn't really it's like a dry weird unless you're smoking it like casey's wrote like but turkey's just dry no, i mean but like well well done turkey turkey with the um, it's fine uh, cranberry sauce on it. You gotta get to your point. If it's dry, get a little. I'm gonna guess you take some fancy ass cranberry sauce. Uh, Suzanne makes the cranberry sauce. Yeah, see, I don't. I'm only doing in the can, and even then, I'm not really into it. So we do the can and the homemade, just to be clear. That's the way to go. You gotta that way you cover all your bases. Yeah, I would argue that turkey is better. The, the next day on Friday when it's cold and you put it on two pieces of white bread with some mayonnaise and a little bit of salt and yeah. some cheese, that is awesome. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're having a sandwich the next day and you're not putting the extra stuffing on there, you're you're cheating yourself. Honestly, I'm just not into turkey. Those I have the stuffing, but just not on the sandwich. Matilda, what about you? Uh, I would say turkey is maybe my worst, but stuffing is probably my number one. Yeah, I do like nice. stuffing. Yeah. Um, Anything with green beans, I find green beans to be a vile vegetable and don't get them. I don't want them anywhere. I'll eat vegetables. I cannot do green beans. They're disgusting. I'll eat the green beans. I'm fine with that. Oh, green bean casserole is magical. Especially cooked ones. Like something about the 
Something about the consistency. I don't like how watery they are when they're cooked. And you like, I'll eat a raw green bean, but you give me a cooked one and you bite it and it's all just spits water in your mouth. Like, yeah, you got to have it in the casserole with like the mush, cream of mushroom soup and the onion sprinkles on top. You're turning my stomach right now. <laughs> That's the um, Eric, have you had the, the green bean pickles you can get? I actually really like those. Yeah, that sounds yes, like it might be. I yeah, I, that might be on my own. Sounds good. good. My favorite. Pickled asparagus is really good too, John. I'll take anything it. pickled, really. My, uh, my mom makes the best coleslaw in the world. This is the thing I've pontificated on many times in the show. The key is there's a couple keys. You got to get. Wait, the, is it a vinegar or a? Uh, it's like, uh, it's a mayo, mayo and vinegar and sugar. So like the Ooh. key, you oh. get that perfect match of like fat, vinegar, sweetness, and salt. It's all there. But the other key is you have to like hardcore shred all the vegetables. Like those vegetables should yeah. be like paper thin, because then they just become a vehicle for the sauce and it like soaks it all up. And that's <laughs> the kind of like she makes a kind of coleslaw. You can literally spread as a condiment, like on a sandwich, like nothing makes, like I love coleslaw, but nothing makes me angry. Like I'm so reluctant to order in a restaurant. Cause like you'll order coleslaw on some random, and they'll just bring you like a cabbage. They've sliced twice, but just throw some vinegar on. You're like, get this the hell off my table. Like get this away from me. (laughs) Like the, the, the the breadth of what people consider coleslaw is a crime. And so like, you never know what you're going to get. Like you got to ask. But like coleslaw at Thanksgiving is non-traditional. I yeah, say. I guess. Yeah, I mean it's just so good. I don't know. I mean, I would eat that. Like but what you're describing, I'm here for. I, my traditional answer is pumpkin pie. Like that's why I am there for pumpkin pie. That's pretty much it's it. Not, that is not a side, my friend. That is a dessert. Whatever. So what's it's your? It's delicious. That counts. Not, I don't know. If we were counting desserts, like my whole, my whole, you know. I'm also yeah. mashed potatoes. Yeah, I love mashed potatoes. Love. That's how I tolerate turkey is by putting them, like, putting, dipping it in the mashed potatoes. I put it all together. Like, I'm not oh, yeah. eating yeah. individual foods. It's a fucking <laughs> slop fest. Yeah. And I love every minute of it. You got to have a forkful uh, with some turkey and some mashed potatoes and yeah. some stuffing on there, maybe a couple mm. green beans. And get Guys, all my mouth is watering right now. This yeah. is, we got to stop. We got to cut this. <laughs> uh, John's getting yeah. frothy over here. All right. Do we know what we're doing next week? Do we decide? Smile. 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 Cool. Mattel, have you seen uh, Smile? I haven't, but I, there's a lively group chat about it that oh. suggests I need to watch it because it's a it's a psychologist that yep. is the main character. I mean, I only know that from the uh, the trailer. I but know it's streamable now. It's, I know. What's it on Casey? Uh, it is on Paramount? Peacock, I believe. Oh, Peacock. Peacock or Paramount? One I know absolutely nothing about it. I haven't seen a trailer. All I know about it is they did that viral marketing at the baseball games where they had creepy people smiling in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty smart. I dig that. All right, um, Matilda, where can people find you? Uh, anyone can find us at ZG Podcasts on all the socials. That's probably the easiest place. And um, we also have an excellent Patreon thing going on right now. Um, in our Discord, we're having a group watch of um, Dragula, Shudder's Dragula, and we have a whole like fantasy bracket point system going on that Rachel and nice. I are the commission, the co-commissioners of. Oh, that's awesome. And people get a prize at the end. Related the to Brothers? Is that the Boulay Brothers on Cheddar? It is. So we've, we've done group watches of that with, um, nice. with our patrons 
the last couple of years and it's been super fun. So. Love it. Check that out. Zombie girls. And I'm going to go, I'm going to listen to this interview with the Deadstream people. Cause now I'm curious. <laughs> um, follow me on Spotify. H Y dash F Y just put some new music out around Halloween and I'm working on an EP right now. It's like spooky synth wave with a little bit of metal spilled in there. Just a little bit, just a smidge. Um, Casey? Uh, Find me on Instagram, cinema.fromage. And find Schnars next to that um, uh, yarn place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for Dead Stream. I don't... Are we doing? I guess we could do a Wednesday show. Are we recording? We haven't talked about for recording. Uh, there were, yeah, Casey just texted. Yeah, right. text we'll get in. Well, here. so we we may be back next week for Thanksgiving. We'll see. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.